Host Brian Holland here with Jesse Marshall joining me for the plugs for episode 73 of The Winning Agenda. How are you, Jesse? Oh, I feel so privileged. It's good to be here, Brian. It's so privileged. It's good to be here, isn't it? And what we want to talk about very quickly is the ANRPC branch. It's coming to Australia, the Sand Sand Circuit. What does that stand for, Jesse? The Support Australian Netrunner Send an Aussie North Circuit, Brian. Yeah, what, a, what a great and fantastic time. So if our listeners want to get involved, what should they do? Well, it's very easy. If you're a store owner, please send us an email at thewinningagenda at gmail.com and let us know that you're interested in hosting a qualifier. If you're a player and you want your local store to get involved, check with them if they're already planning on hosting a qualifier. And if they're not, tell them to send us an email at thewinningagenda at gmail.com. Yeah, the more stores that we get involved means the more qualifiers you get to play in, means the bigger the prize pool, meaning the greater the event. So we look forward to seeing you all at the ANRPC Sand Sand Circuit qualifiers. Uh, best of luck to you, and hopefully we'll see you at the final. Excellent, and enjoy episode 73 of The Winning Agenda. Good evening, and welcome to episode 73 of The Winning Agenda. Tonight, our panellists include 2014 Australian National Champion and 2014 World's Top 16 competitor, Jesse Marshall. Hi, Brian. And I'm here with the webmaster of Anchor, Jacob Morris. How are you, Jacob? Good, how are you? Uh, not too bad. And uh, you also have a new little little tidbit to add to your intro, as it were, <laughs> since we last spoke. Uh, it turns out that your name has appeared inside my Carla data pack insert. What's going on there, man? Yeah, so uh, as I kind of mentioned in the intro to the whole... Like when I wrote the blog about introducing the unofficial FAC update, uh, I am actually now offered the opportunity to see all the cards ahead of time uh, and give them some editing tips, make sure they're kind of worded appropriately for how they want them to work and make sure if it's a constant ability, it's not worded like a conditional, you know, all kinds of nitty gritty like that. Uh, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Looking out for the little guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's how I'm able to do the unofficial fact is I have all the cards ahead of time. So I'm basically just sending all the questions to Lucas and Damon before the cards actually come out. So we have them ready to go when they drop. And I'm your host, Brian Holland, and as usual with Jacob on, we are here to talk about the next data pack, which I believe is called Business First. We're going to be talking the runner side. The first card is EMP device. It's an Anarch hardware, install cost one. It has the ability trash. The corp cannot res more than one piece of ice for the remainder of this run. Use this ability only during a run. Important thing to note about how it's worded is that it says for the remainder of this run. So if they've already resed one it's piece of ice the and then you pop EMP, yeah. they still get one more after that. So, oh, yeah. okay, so you can't be sneaky and be like, oh, that's the cheap one I can get through and now I'll rest exactly. this. Yeah. Uh, so this seems to be a continuing theme of what we've seen sort of like ice resing denial cards in the Anarch color pie, along with DDoS and you could argue run amok. What do you think of it, Jesse? It is okay. It, I don't think, is better than DDoS. Because no. it gives the corp a lot more flexibility in terms of what they want to res. The fact that they can res any one piece of ice. It's, makes so, it's this obviously, a lot it's obviously less... oh, yeah, more than one. So even if they've got one, they can still res it. Yeah, so, so they can always res one if they've only got one. And if they have more than one, they can choose which one they do want to res. Yeah, so the, the thing about DDoS is that the corp has to make the decision where they're installing their ice before DDoS hits the board, potentially. Whereas with this, and, and what that means is that the um, mm. When they're installing the ice, they're not. They're assuming they're going to be able to raise them all, and then when you actually come to do the run, um, or to make the run, I should say, um, they're suddenly limited in what they can raise, and they've got no way to get around that. Whereas with this, you're actually giving them the choice at the time they make the run about which one they want to raise, and that doesn't seem nearly as powerful. So I 
I don't see this seeing a lot of play. No, I agree. Uh, the next card is Diwan or D1. It's an Anarch program virus. Install cost one, memory cost one. When D1 is installed, choose a server. As an additional cost to install a card in or protecting that server, the corp must pay one credit. Trash D1 if the corp purges virus counters. So this joins... The only weird thing yeah. you to note about this, again, weird subtleties in the wording is that yeah. since it says in or protecting that server, it does not count the root of a central server. It's an interesting ability, though. No, it's not something we've really seen before, Jesse. Given that servers are not something that's limited for the corp and they can just create new servers whenever they want without penalty most of the time, with the exception of Astrolabe and if you see Near Earth Hub's ability as a drawback, Near Earth Hub. Limiting corps in terms of which server they can install things in generally is not a particularly good ability. The situation where it is good is if they've already tried to develop a scoring server, maybe raised one or two pieces of ice, installed an upgrade that you know they want to have in their scoring server, and then you make it more difficult for them to install things. However, this doesn't actually prevent them from installing things. It only makes them pay one more credit, which if you think about how many cards are going to be installed in or protecting a scoring server, once they've already got it set up to the point where they can't just start again, it's maybe going to be one or two. And I don't, mm. I don't think that's it's really worth It's not going to be a huge it. amount. No. And particularly, like, I mean, there's some people that have said, like, this blanks ETF's ID ability to a point but in one like, server yeah in one server yeah that you choose and uh it seems very very narrow and as you said it's not going to fire that often obviously it does have the upside of having a virus so if we do ever get to a point where having three of these out on one server is a really powerful thing you'd like to do but as you point out it's very easy to just start another server however the servers you can't start another one of are Central servers. Yes. So it is a lot more powerful against central servers. Having one or two or three of these out, um, if you're an Anarch deck that's attacking a particular central server, could be quite good. Uh, if you're, say, a Rainer Headlock deck and you know that you're going to be attacking HQ, playing account siphons, this could be a good way to stop HQ from being protected. But then, again, only sort of two or three ice are generally going to be installed in most games over any central server. Um, and if the corp generally is going to ice up R&D and HQ on turn one in most games, maybe two, one or two more ice that's going to go on each of those servers across the course of the game. And if you're relying on yourself having the D1 in play before they install the rest of those ice and forcing them to install those ice, I don't think that's a particularly strong econ denial game plan, but it could form... I guess, a small part of an, uh, over a larger Econ Denial picture. The next card is also our first criminal card. It's CBI Raid. It's Event, Run, Sabotage, 3 Cost, and 2 Influence. And worth noting, this is designed by the 2013 World Champion Jens Eriksson. Make a run on HQ. If successful, instead of accessing cards, the Corp adds all cards in HQ to the top of R&D in the order of his or her choice. On face value, I think this is a fairly powerful effect. It does seem a little expensive at three. It's obviously going for, again for that criminal going to hit up HQ situation. This is obviously a gigantic tempo hit for the corp. Um, how do you feel, Jesse, if your opponent's going to CBI raid you? Some Sometimes it's going to be like really, really shit, and other times it might be not all that terrible. This card is, as Jens noted in his article, a direct translation of a card from Magic, and it's part of a subset of cards in that game where... It's a game where you're limited in terms of how many cards you can draw each turn, so you're actually naturally only drawing one each turn. So to get through from the uh, to get through the cards that are added back to the top of your deck takes a lot longer and is a mm. lot more. Punishing. It would essentially blank your draws for five turns, right? If, and if that, that's what it was doing, that's and that not would be massive, case. right? Yeah. But uh, as the corp, 
in Netrunner, it's a completely different scenario, which I think makes this card a lot weaker. Um, one reason is that the runner, particularly a criminal runner, is trying to introduce more agendas to the game more quickly most of the time. Um, that's not always the case, but it's more so the case for criminals. Um, I know we discussed the sort of aggro mid-range control uh, strategies a little bit last week. And obviously, if you're a runner who's generally trying to play a longer game, this card is going to suit you a lot better. So it may fit into sort of the Ian Sterling, more control-type runners who are trying to set up a massive rig. And it will certainly help them in matchups like Near Earth Hub, adding back five cards from Near Earth Hub's hand mm-hmm. to the top of their deck um, we'll buy you a lot of time, R&D yeah. will buy you a couple of turns at least um, and in that scenario it's very good so this is not the sort of card like account siphon that you're just going to see going pretty much every criminal deck because it's just that good uh, but it is something that will help criminals in the aggro matchup uh, the aggro corp matchup to slow the corp down a little bit um, and it's uh, all criminals could benefit from that uh, particularly the control criminals but also Gabe just because of the HQ synergy um, in terms of the actual effect itself and how it interacts with the rest of the criminal card pool, I think that remains to be seen how much use people can make of it, given that it does slow the game down a little bit when a lot of criminals, as I said, are trying to introduce more agendas to the game more quickly. Given that it's only two influence, you think it's likely to see play in another faction that is maybe more control-oriented, such as Shaper? Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that you could see going into a Shaper deck. Uh, particularly as a two-influence way to basically see the corpse whole hand. Because if you have R&D interfaces and maker's eyes and can consistently be seeing five cards from the top of their library, uh, being able to CBI raid, say, the turn that you get... Uh, the turn after you get that set up. So, so, you know, you set up your interface rig and your maker's eye. You make a maker's eye run, see five cards at the top of R&D, let's say you blank... You could then say, well, I've got this CBI raid. I'm going to put the cards in your hand, which are more likely now to have agendas in them because I've seen five blanks from your deck, um, back on top of your deck, and I'm going to see all of them at once. That's a pretty edge case scenario because you have yeah, to be so able to successfully run R&D twice. That is the best case and, scenario, yeah. Yeah, and, get and successfully yeah. run HQ. Which Presumably late in the game if you've got three R&D interfaces. Yeah, and, and yeah. again, it becomes less powerful if you've been running R&D all along and you know that at least a few of the cards in their hand are not agendas and mm-hmm. makes that less profitable. So I, yeah. I don't really see it being splashed, but yeah. as a as a tempo card, it's not... Tempo cards aren't really something we've seen a lot of in Netrunner, like pure tempo mm. cards like it's this. Good that it's, it's good that they were starting to see them, and when we get more, which hopefully will be in the near future, uh, the more you have of them then the, the more powerful those strategies can become because you can make dedicated tempo decks. And it's going to become, uh, I think, oh, as the game's evolved, I think um, card draw has become more interesting and denying resources in the form of cards in hand has become more powerful because the gap between clicking for a card or clicking for a credit and actually playing a card for your action has become much wider as the card pools become broader and more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so denying people cards in hand is a lot better now than it was at the start of the game. And I think this card will continue getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next card is Tech Trader. It's a criminal resource connection. Install cost one, influence one. Whenever you use a trash ability, that's the trash symbol ability, gain one credit. Uh, Jesse, you mentioned to me uh, in the previous weeks that uh, you think this card is going to push Geist into overload. Because it's just like Geist, always, always, always keep in mind that it's going to be, you can't, use this incidentally you can't just like 
trash a clone chip without a program to install just to get the credit or something weird like that. So how do you uh, feel? Well, maybe not, maybe not that excessive. I'm just trying to make it more exciting. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> it's going, it's going to make guys quite good. hyperbole there. Yeah, <laughs> frankly, yeah, I, yeah. I hyperbolized you a little bit, but I mean, it's also worth noting. Obviously, this card. You go when you look at this card, you go straight to Geist. The other thing worth pointing out is that it's non-unique, so this can stack up quite quickly. This could turn Geist into quite a good mid-range runner. This is obviously not an aggressive card because you're having to invest a card and a credit in gaining abilities over the long game. Um, So this is a mid-range slash control card. Uh, But what it will allow you to do is to turn what is already a very good tempo ability in Geist's ability that is drawing you more cards for free at the time that you're using trash abilities, presumably to progress your game plan. You're also gaining credits as well at that same time. So it's a a really efficient card and it compresses a lot of actions into your actions over the proceeding turns after you Mm. have this in play. This makes Fall Guy even better as well. (laughs) Yeah, it makes Fall Guy very good. Uh, Well, not very good, but certainly better in in terms of the trash for credits ability in Geist decks. And that's, that's true. So... Cards like Fall Guy, uh, this, and um, Political Operative when it's released, which Ooh, is yeah, also going to be a very powerful yeah. card that trashes itself. Yeah, um, so I think we're going to start to see more of a critical mass of trash ability cards that Mid-range are could come, I think. ubiquitously useful. Yeah, and so Midrange Criminal could become a thing. And it, uh, the other thing worth noting on this, um, thanks influence? to panelist Wilfie Horrig, yeah. good guess. Uh, but no, uh, that, that is one thing. But what I, what I was going to mention is that the, uh, the gap in criminal that our fellow panelist Wilfie Horrig noted a few weeks ago is card draw. And a lot of people then said, well, why don't you play Geist? Geist has a natural card draw ability. Uh, and Wilfie's response to that was, well, there aren't enough trash ability cards that I really want to play in every deck that mean that I can just trade my ID to Geist and still play and the most powerful cards. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas once we see things like this in combination with more things like political operative coming out in the future, that sort of deck will start to look a lot more appealing. All right, the next card is Netchip. Shaper hardware, consumer grade, chip, install cost one, two influence. Netchip, Netchip can host a program with MU equal or less than the number of copies of Netchip installed. The memory costs of hosted program do not count against your memory limit. Limit six per deck. Obviously, we've spoken about hosting in the past and sequencing. The biggest issue with hosting cards is that you have to have the card that can host the card in play before the card that you wish to host on it. So it can be a little awkward to set up. This is a very interesting card. I think it is a better consumer-grade card than Ramagen Reliant 560 BMI, or whatever it was, the Anarch one from the previous pack. It at least has a, a few more utility abilities. Okay. All right. All right. This is a fun one. Here comes the math. <laughs> yeah, all right. Go on. I was going to say, you're going to definitely have something to say about this one. All right, go on. Yeah. yeah. Netchip. So the, the important thing to keep in mind with Netchip is... The way hosting works, and this is going to be a little sort of headcanony, just because obviously the hosting rules are not super clear and 100%. Um, but based on rulings and how Lucas and Damon say things work, you always have to remember that a card can host anything as an inherent ability, right? Like we all we know that cards can host things because you can put agenda counters on them, you can put advancement counters on them. Yeah. And uh, the thing to keep in mind is that cards, when they supply abilities about hosting, are Basically, adding restrictions to the things that they can host. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, 
Netchip. You have four of them installed. You have an endless hunger on one of them. And then one of the ones that's not hosting endless hunger gets trashed. Because the restriction is telling you... Uh, what you can install onto ex- it. Well, because it's telling you what can be hosted on it, the endless hunger will actually be trashed. Because now it's oh, it down to three. Us- as the MU hub. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wouldn't be like you can do it and now one's trash, but unfortunately it's still there because that was the stipulation just when I played the card. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. But, All right, so we'll be, yeah. but conversely, like the weird part is that if you blank the text with Dr. Lovegood, for example, then Endless yeah. Hunger would stay on there because, because now it's, it's still, not being restricted. It's still restricted. a net chip installed, right? Yeah, because... Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so, but, I mean, how would you do that? Surely, yeah. it's till the, until the end of turn. You'd keep yeah. it for a turn, right? Uh, if for some reason you trashed... So you sell one of your net chips to an ASOPS. <laughs> it's going to come up, so there you have <laughs> And it. then blank, you blank... I don't know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if you are going to play six of anything, this is the sort of effect that I think you'd want to see because yeah. it allows you to scale pretty hard into some insane-looking rigs. Um, yeah. Once, like you said, sequencing is a problem. So if you've got six of them in your deck, you're pretty likely to have one close to the start of the game. In Kate, this costs you zero. Once you've got three in play, you can start hosting your hyperdrivers for free on them, which is, I think, the highest memory, the highest MU shaper program at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, just being able to host two MU programs like Magnum Opus really, really easily and cheaply it is good. And the fact that you're only hosting one program on each of these means that they're not really reliable to having your whole tree trashed. Um, yeah. Because it's essentially just as easy to trash the hardware as it is to trash the program most of the time. Um, so you're not additionally vulnerable to trashing. The other thing that I guess is worth noting about this is that it doesn't actually add MU to your MU limit. No. So you're not going to get blown out by cortex lock no no exactly right it's slow hosting yeah this card is interesting i'm sure there'll be some fantastic deck builders out there that'll come up with something zany and amazing and it'll probably make me want to play that chaos theory deck again but until then uh, i don't quite have the stomach to try and figure out how to make net chip work to my advantage but i think talking about yeah hosting things like hyperdriver and and magnum opus uh means that we're going to see some very interesting looking rigs involving um, bagbiter yeah. Involving bag butter, especially. Yeah, <laughs> send you send me your bag butter list, everybody. The next runner card is Corporate Scandal. It's an event. It's a current. It has the current text and costs three and one influence. The corp has one additional bad publicity, even if they have zero. These poor people look like they're having a terrible time. They do look like they're, the art is really quite something else, isn't it? Like uh, I think this is uh, soil like green. A, Sort of is situation, it so, is it, I, thought, I thought it was supposed to be like a, I don't want to get too deep on flavor. But I thought it was like a minority report kind of precog situation, but it's gone all wrong. Like like the art on Nisei. Yeah. You see, maybe that's yeah, trying, trying yeah. to replicate it's that. It's a scandal. That. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that's what they actually look like, and the Nisei Mark II art is just what they show the public. Oh. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh. we're in a dark place now. Anyway. Jesse, are you happy to pay uh, three credits and one of your precious influence in the post-MWL world to make the corp have a bad publicity? It depends what I'm planning on doing with my deck, but if that three credits and well, we're essentially that one, event... of the, one of the main things that we could talk about is turning on something like Blackmail in a deck that's not Valencia. Play your corporate scandal and then play Blackmail as a two-card combo that essentially shuts down remote servers. That's a pretty powerful remote. Uh, two card combo to be have to be yeah. that's a pretty powerful two card combo to be able to have as the runner uh, so this certainly opens up some really interesting plays I suppose what you could do is you could get the corporate scandal and then have investigative journalisms to make the yes. bad publicity permanent if you yep. really really wanted to do that that's just spending even more influence 
Well, unless um, you're playing Anarch. Unless you're playing Anarch, in which case, why don't you just play Blinesy? But yeah. Well, because the surprise blackmail is better than the blackmail they're expecting, isn't it? Uh, I suppose so. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. The last runner card is Populist Rally. Uh, it is a two-cost neutral event. Play only if you have at least one CD card installed. The Corp has one fewer click to spend on his or her next turn. Uh, so the most popular CD card at the moment, I believe, is Wildside. I'm sure there are other CD cards that don't come to memory. I think Dugas is a CD card. Um, yeah, Dugas definitely doesn't come to do- mind. Most of the no, it doesn't come to mind. I'm just trying to think. They're the only two clubs that I can think of in the Netrunner <laughs> Android universe. There are um, quite a few. I think Data Dealer might be CD. Maybe? Okay, sure. So, yeah, you can only play it if you have a CD card installed, which is a very interesting stipulation, given that we're struggling to come up with uh, CD cards off the top of our heads. Uh, so the Corp has one fewer click to spend on his or her next turn. Now, when this card was spoiled, I thought it was a current, in which case I was like, whoa, that seems like that seems fairly strong, and I can understand why they have a weird stipulation there. But given the fact that it's not, I'm, I'm not 100% sure in, in what situation that isn't a, a hyper-edge case like... Uh, and, and those edge cases I'm thinking of are still not situations you want to tech for. So, for instance, if, if, for instance, if you're playing near Earth Hub and they're on match point and you're like, wow, I really don't want them to be able to score next turn, so I'm going to play this just so I don't lose straight away. And then any other time, unless you're really strategic with it, which is hard to do, I think because the Corp most of the time has perfect information. If you play Populist Rally at any other time in the game, it's it, at best, I think it's a mild inconvenience for the Corp. Mm. And one, I'm not, like, I'm not the... sure. Like, I mean, going down to two clicks is a huge thing. Like, Maybe I'm just uh, underplaying how shitty it would be to play a turn with only two clicks. But One of the things that Corps have been able to assume in the game up until now is that they'll have three clicks on every turn. So having a card that challenges a fundamental assumption of the game mm-hmm. is very powerful and I think has a lot more uh, applications than what might first appear. So if you think about the way that you'd play through any game as the Corp, when you feel like you have a scoring window, whether you're fast advance or not, you're going to rely that on your next turn or on the turn that you're trying to score. But usually if you're not fast advance, it's going to be on the following turn, you're going to have three clicks or more. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if the runner then denies that to you after you've installed Advanced Advanced or installed Advanced or just installed, I that, suppose that's it's essentially yeah, a time yeah. walk. It's essentially a free turn for the runner or it's a turn that's taken away from the corp in terms of doing what they, they can't want do, to do. Yeah, they can't do everything they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it's worth a card slot. That's a difficult that's thing. thing. Um, Particularly, if, how do you feel about this um, stipulation that you have to have the CD card installed? Because currently, well, that's really... Fine. You think it's fine? Like, I mean, well, if Wildside is played in every single well, orange deck, no, then... that's what that's what I'm saying is. So we're currently talking about a meta where what up to 70 percent of the runner side at the moment is the orange the orange decks, and this is a card which is going in all of those orange decks. Yep. Uh, like, are you happy with that? You think it's okay? Like, you, you're cool? Like, there's nothing we can... It's, I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to figure out why that stipulation is there. It's so specific. Is it oh, just I mean, a I don't, thing, I don't know I guess? why like, it's there. Yeah, yeah. I can't comment, and we'd have to ask Lucas yeah. that. But in terms of whether it makes the card yeah. unplayable, I don't think it has a significant impact on the card's playability at all. You don't, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> within Anarch, you can, you within can play, Anarch, it, you can play it in yeah. pretty much any Anarch deck. But playing it outside those decks is obviously difficult. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a CD card that I have played in Kate 
No. So I probably won't be playing it there. Criminal might have some, maybe. I guess we can talk about data dealer and things like that, but no. I, I, but I it is know. a very like powerful I said, I think Outside of those two edge cases, though, like you're talking... Well, not That's really not an edge case. case. It's not an edge corp, case. It's still advanced advanced. The corp has to score yeah. agendas in every game. Yes. And on the turns they score agendas, whatever the deck that they're playing... If you as the runner can anticipate a turn ahead when they're going to score their agenda, whether it's because they've installed Advance Advance and you know they want to advance three times next time, or because they're on the right number of credits and you know they've drawn the agenda and you've seen there's a sand sand on the board, if you can deny them for one turn, that's a whole extra turn of resources that you're able to accumulate before you make the run to try mm-hmm. and steal the agenda. That's pretty good. You like that? Yeah. Okay. I'm not disagreeing. I just... Um... I, w- I really want to like this card and I'm just worried about saying that I really like it if that makes sense <laughs> yeah it, it does it yeah. does guard you it's, it's a very very unique effect and it's something we haven't seen in the, in the game before really like re- this is really quite attacking your opponent and we don't see that a lot from the runner's side like the corp has a lot of ways to quote unquote attack the runner hmm. um, and we don't see- well I mean you argue that running on servers is attacking but you know what I mean like obviously Director Haas is the natural counter to this yep yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's it's probably worth just talking about this a little bit more because for a corp, the click on the turn that they want it is worth mm-hmm. four credits and a card, which is a biotic labor. Sure, this that's a good point. Yeah, is a lower cost, um, and it's does as much as biotic labor if you play it at the right time because scoring your agenda as the corp is very important the corp not scoring their agenda for a whole extra turn is just as important for the runner in a lot of situations mm-hmm. because of the extra um, opportunity that you then have to steal the agenda within that extra window that you've created for yourself and the extra resources you can accumulate to make sure your runs are successful. So, I, yeah, I think the challenge is going to be knowing when to play it. That's what makes it really hard, as you say, when the runner doesn't have as good information. But in those situations where they do install advance, advance, and you're pretty sure they're not playing any traps, it's going to feel pretty bad for the corp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if this card does become popular, I suppose... uh, Yeah, I was going to say, like the corp can still play around. They can go install advance, advance to four for two to force your popular Australia and then score it anyway, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I like this card. I think it's a really cool effect and I really look forward to seeing what people do with it and how it does affect the meta. Uh, I, I guess it just I, mean, I understand we're, we're looking a long way down the track uh, well not really this is the next pack but it, it's the fact that it seems to the stipulation seems to sort of favour Anarch cards does bother me a little bit but that's that's fine I'm also not sure why populist rallies are really seedy like they're not doesn't seem that seedy yeah I don't know but maybe it has to take place yeah maybe that's why if you have at least one seedy card installed but it's not like seedy location like the populist rally happens at the seedy location who knows not yeah. actually too familiar with the uh, the Mumbad flavour I haven't got up to that chapter yet in my worlds of android book but like you, know, you can't you can't you know. hold a populist rally at a data dealer can you no like he's just but a guy you could you hold one at, at, you can meet him at the populist shop. rally but you, you can have your populist rally at no, but it's a location. It's a location, yeah. So you could have your populist rally there, probably. It's just not the if type of lets I you want. win. I can't I quite read. I can't quite read the flavor text on it, but maybe that would shed some light. The corporations may be stronger than any of us, but they are not stronger than all of us. So maybe maybe, maybe it's seedy, like uh, from the point of view of the uh, the corporation. <laughs> you know, 
I, I guess, in they, the great yeah. words of Wilfred E. Hurig, the corpse of the good guys. They are. <laughs> the, the runners just, yeah, the corpse is trying to build a better world and the runners keep getting up in their business. Uh, that's all we have time for this week on The Winning Agenda. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so at thewinningagenda at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Winning Agenda and go like us on Facebook. Our like page is The Winning Agenda. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Jesse, is there anything interesting on the YouTube channel that our listeners should check out? I think one of our panellists has just put up some new videos uh, testing out an Engineering the Future deck, so you should go check that mm. out and let him Excellent. know what you think of his mulligan decisions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week for the second half of our Business First. Cut off.